And hello, everybody, and welcome to Sticky Jazz. I'm your host, Jeremy Hanks, the man of a million musical opinions, all of which happen to be correct. This week, well, it's Christmas, so it's that time of year again, and uh, me being the guy who doesn't like Christmas music and I'm very critical of country music, we're going to hit them both this week with my buddy Ty Herndon and his Christmas record that he's uh, just re-released, I guess. It's called Re-Gifted, and he's done some amazing work with it, and uh, he's will kick this one off with his song Orphans of God that he performed with Kristen Chenowitz. I'm sure you all might have heard that name before. So let's all sit back and do the sticky jazz.
everybody, welcome to Sticky Jazz. I'm going to label this one the Christmas show because, well, that's about where we're at. I have Ty Herndon. Go ahead, Ty, say hello. What's up, my friend? So, How you doing? It, I, we're, I'm good. We're good. This uh, So we're all coming back full circle. You and I talked about this what last summer uh, well over a year ago anyway you had talked about uh, the no orphans of god and yeah. <laughs> uh i was wondering when i'd be seeing that and then when when christy sent it over to me oh sorry when your publicist sent it over to me i was like wow that's <laughs> amazing um you can call her christy <laughs> well, no, I, I, I try and keep the names a little you know out of the the public circuit here um Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty cool project. I, I'm proud of it for sure. It was uh, quite interesting producing the Queen, as I call her. She's she's a she's. I, I told her I said, um, "There's no producing you." She goes, "Well, it's your project. You're producing you. I'm not doing it." Uh-huh. <laughs> well, well I'm producing you. Well, okay. So first of all, now since this is being recorded and this this recording is what's going on uh, live here. We're gonna to have to do something we've never done, and that is be professional. So, <laughs> so, we, so let, let, I'm like, wow, we have never, we have never had a professional conversation in the entire time we've uh, we've known each other here. Uh, even the even the other interviews was like, yeah, whatever, man. So, um, so actually, I thought that was really cool. I mean, the title "Regifted" was terrific, um, and I got two Christmas albums last week and or that week well, what what are we looking at here a couple weeks ago now that I got this and I didn't know this because you had said you were doing No Orphans of God as, as the song and then I didn't know that that was also the Christmas record that you were talking about so um, I love the term regifted and what you're sending around <laughs> um, I have to say I, I actually enjoyed going through it and I'm the I am the first in line to be to call myself Scrooge. I cannot stand Christmas music. So. I know I know this about you. I was a little worried. Yeah. So I'm like, oh shit. So I skip Little Drummer Boy, you know, and all that. I, there was some. I'm just I can't do it. So I can't. I, I honestly no. I haven't made it all the way through the record. And don't hate me if I do. If if I do skip okay. some of it, you know. I do want you. I do want you to listen to Little Drummer Boy because it is the coolest version on the planet. I will uh, tell you that. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, uh, I'm going to have to... Listen to 15 seconds. If you don't like it, you can move on. So, uh, but it, 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 is pretty, it is a pretty cool arrangement. Do I have to do it around <laughs> Christmas time or can I wait till like June and, and I'm completely shit-faced and then would I make it through <laughs> it? You um, can do it later. You can do it later. But as Chino had said, she goes, you know, I was just going to listen to it few songs on this and she was I ended up listening to the whole thing because every time I expected you to go right you went left <laughs> uh-huh so uh, okay so everybody listen I am the I am a very critical person of country music and Ty is the is, is one that actually climbs to the top of the list of, of people that I can listen to and uh, oh, that I can really sir, get into like you. well like you and I like, like we said before um I think Garth Brooks killed country music for a very long time, and I understand he he was the one who kind of you know kicked you out of the box of obscurity and you started to kind of go around. But I'm like, 
man. Uh, <laughs> wow, I, I just, like, that was kind of it. I was like, okay, Clint Black was great, and then he kind of faded at the time, and then Garth Brooks got big, and I was like, what's his, what the, you know, so... Um, that was where I was for a long time with it, and uh, so I was sour. I wasn't soured on it, but, you know, like I said, you, you were so much better than... You, you were a breath of fresh air in the country world after Chris Ledoux and Garth Brooks had kind of conquered it for the time being, so... Um, I think I think, uh, you know, I think the thing that... I think the one great thing that Garth did for, for, for country music, he brought us into stadium world. Nobody was doing that. Which brought more ticket sales, which brought more record sales, which was great. Um, but what's, what I learned from Garth <laughs> was that to have to be a phenomenal salesman of yourself. Mm-hmm. Period. You know, he could sell a he could sell a, a, a moldy broth uh, loaf of bread to, <laughs> to to a to a fresh bakery. <laughs> well, I, I I mean, but you you know him, you, you know him. I I've never met the guy, but uh, I've heard he's actually a very great guy very charming and very personable um i just that, couldn't well, I, I just couldn't get into his music wait what was that what were you saying what? i don't know him that well i was i was just on tour with him for not the first the first uh my very first tour was big tour was was on the garth tour uh-huh that was during, that was that was when he was right when he was breaking so he's a he, he uh he, he's was a really nice guy but I don't know him all that well. I just respect him as a businessman, but uh, but you know, I I'm I'm so particular like you about music. I really am. I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a songwriter. I'm an okay songwriter. I, I like writing with great writers that make me look better. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I know I always have something to say, and I and I I think I say it decently. Um, but I am truly. Um, like yourself, I'm actually a pretty, pretty tough critic when it comes to music, and um, and I get the opportunity to go out and cancel, cancel excuse me, I've got a little sinus infection here, cancel um, some pretty cool kids every week, and sometimes there's 200 of them on a Zoom call. <laughs> oh, wow. But I'm supposed to be the teacher, but I end up getting schooled most of the time. Oh, wow. And, but it's just, you know, all these guys are all over the place and they want to be musicians and that's what we're talking about and it's always about you know, some are LGBTQ and some aren't and everybody has a cross they, they think they have a cross to bear that's going to keep them from being successful and man I just have one thing usually I, I really harp on this guys your sexuality whatever you believe has nothing to do with your talent it will, it will eventually but you have to be the best at what you're going to be. You want to come to town, be a songwriter, study songwriting. Come and come to this town knowing so much about songwriting, you can't be denied. And and the part of you that's, that's that you feel is different will be the best thing about you. And it's it's just fun to see the lights come on when they when they hear that because that's exactly what I wish someone would have told me, uh, you know, years ago that I didn't have to put myself through such hell just to have a you know use my gift and have a career. And I considered myself different, but my different wasn't good. And as come to, come to find out, it was the most special thing about me. So it, it's good to be able to, to say that to you. Well, it was. Who are you? It, it was uh, being gay was probably like we had talked about this before. It wasn't the most uh, friendly 
world you were in in the country music world and uh like when when you and i were at love loud and I, and I said so how is it you know being the rob halford of country music and eric's in the background doing the ozzy ozzy you know in the background there when um off camera and i I thought that was really great that you were, I mean, yes, you were the, the first to do it and that was a pretty gutsy thing, but, uh, you know, it, it, it just kind of crashed around you and you had to do it. And the country music was, I wouldn't say forgiving, they were accepting. It, it took them a while to become more accepting, but you did it. And, uh, you have everything in the world to be proud of there. Um, oh, thanks, man. So. Thank you. I have I was at a place in my life that I could not, I could not not do it because everything was so authentic in my skin, except for that. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was, it was actually hurting in my, it was making me sick. It was, it was, it was not doing me any favors. So, but you know, I was, you know, I was just a cowboy kid who grew up in, in the South and, you know, I, I grew up hunting and fishing and working on cars and, you know, just the, the, whole, the whole, and working on a farm. So for me, you know, the hardest part was not accepting myself because it just, it just didn't fit for me. I was like, I'm not, I don't want this. I don't want it in my system. I don't want to think this way. It's, it's just, this cannot, God, this cannot be me, you know? And it, I, I was also my own worst enemy. And I, that's one of the great things about telling the kids, you have to stop beating yourself up because, no matter, you know, I look back on it now. I could have been, I could have been, you know, the effeminate kid and felt the same way. So it just, it just is what it is. We are, and I've come to believe that, that we, are, we are brought into this earth by our parents, by the seed of our parents, by the seed of God, by the seed of whatever you want to call it, your higher power, and you are, you are made perfectly. Um, and but you, I tell the kids all the time, you may be made perfectly, but you have a responsibility to yourself to be the best you can be. Mm-hmm. And you can, also break, you can also break perfectly. You can break that <laughs> and oh, not well. be so perfect. Well, I mean, I, we there, there was your your life there in what the mid '90s for what that five six years there when your life was a real shit show. Um, it was. I was the joke of the town, and you know, I took that. I took that and used it. And be, you know what I did, man? I, and I, some of these radio guys still talk about this. Uh, now they they made some horrible jokes about me on the air. And I'd take those jokes, I'd have them framed, and put them in a nice. Uh, 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 a frame and and matted and I would have it sent to the station. And said, "Thank you for thank you for at least mentioning me." <laughs> and they were like, "What?" Yeah, thanks for and, the publicity. Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. It was something I learned from guards, really. And it's just like um, it, there was. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, I, I had a very public drug drug and sex arrest back in the nineties, and you know I was I was a drug addict, and and everything that went with it, and. Um, and there was some, some horrible jokes going on about, about me. So um, there was—I don't know how PG this, this program is. But, oh no! Say whatever. Um, say whatever you want to say, man. This show's about you. And I label a, it explicit. Horrible, so go ahead. There was a horrible joke about choking the chicken going around. So I have. Uh, this was in uh, I think Phoenix. So I went to a taxidermy, and I bought um, I bought like six. Chickens. <laughs> six stuffed I, chickens. Okay. Six stuffed chickens. And I put them in a little case. I autographed them and sent them to the station. Oh, my God. And they're still in the station. 
and it's 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 of legendary status. And oh, so wow. it was the best it was the best lemonade I could make out of limes. <laughs> oh man. Oh that's brutal. Jeez. I mean but, Wow. You know, it, it it worked because it's like, guys, come on. You know, uh, everybody's human and I'm I just my mine played out for the world to see. And and I'm better now and I'm well and I have been for a long time. But <laughs> It's part of my story. I've embraced it. I love those stories. Those radio guys, some of my worst enemies have become some of my good friends. And and you know what? And they thought twice about doing that to someone else. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's well-spirited to laugh at your own kind. It's even better spirited to laugh at yourself. Um, but, yeah, that sounded like, I mean... There was a rough time in your life. I remember you were talking about your your meth use and all of that, and how that almost took yeah. you out. And uh, but then you were and telling me, but I was like, "Well, your whole life was a big country song." I remember when you were telling me about you were when you were driving in to go to real estate school, right? And, and then you heard that song on the radio. You're like, "I was there, and I was shit." I'll I heard that song and I turned my truck around and I knew I could do it. I was like, your life was a country song yeah. at that point. Absolutely, man. I paid attention. I do. You know, even in the heart of my addiction, I paid attention. You know, I did, it, it was almost like being outside your body, you know, and just some of the crazy shit that, that we do. Um, and I, when I speak at drug conventions and stuff now, I, I'm like, you know, <laughs> I, I'm like, my story wins, so don't even try it, okay? <laughs> I... You know, yeah, I well, as you think, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard some that beat me. <laughs> well, I, I've never did drugs, right? And I don't, I don't need to. I've, I've read uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. I've read Alice in Wonderland. I've read The Heroin Diaries by Nikki Six from Motley Crue. Um, yeah, I read. Um, I most recently read Cherie Curie's book Neon Angel. If you ever read that, man, that'll teach you to. To be afraid of cocaine, man. Like, wow, that was like, jeez. I mean, I've 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 read a lot of rock and roll memoirs, and people talk about their addiction and the drugs and living on the edge. But man, alive when when like Peter Hook from New Order was talking about how the cocaine was crystallizing in his brain. Uh, I was like, oh, yeah. shit, I don't need to touch this stuff. I don't need to get anywhere near this, man. Um, oh, man, my. I was, I'm lucky because my 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 meth addiction my my meth my meth career only you know it only it only lasted a little less than a year. Okay. <laughs> some of these guys, some of these guys, you know, that have a almost a lifetime of it. It's like it's whether you do it for a short amount of time or a long time, it it's, it does damage. Mm-hmm. So it it does. You know, I, there's certain things today, like you know, I I never had any kind of allergy problems. It's just been seventeen. I'm the seventeen years sober now so I've never had any kind of allergy problems before I messed with that shit so it probably just you know, fried all my <laughs> fried all my your uh, yeah so you're down in Nashville right now you you did have uh, so you were going to do your love and acceptance show and the the big festival you guys had uh, that was going to happen right after Bonnaroo we were uh I had lined up. I was gonna. I was gonna come and see you then, and we were gonna do Bonnaroo the what week before? Was it week before that? I think it was Bonnaroo. Yeah. Out in Manchester, Tennessee. So, I was pretty sure I'd be. I'd be seeing you and and all of those mutual people that we both know out there. 
and then this this nice COVID shit hit. But uh, yeah, uh, and it's kind of funny because it just uh, just even a couple of weeks ago, I was like, you know, it's been about four months. It's time to give Ty a call. <laughs> it's it just that's kind of the rotation we're on. I, I just think you know, it just for some reason, every four months, it's time to call you. But um, that's okay I, with me. Well, I, I did want to tell you, thank you for the birthday message for my wife. I didn't tell you how the rest of that went down. Um, so I had contacted, like, I had my daughter go all through the entire phone book on her phone to get me, like, all the contacts that I was looking for. And so I had sent out texts galore to all these friends and said, look, meet at this chapel, meet at this church right around the corner at exactly six o'clock on her birthday and then you know so they all met there and and then you know so drive past the house and honk it was when it was when people do the drive-by honk birthdays and she hates surprises so of course i'm gonna do this and um (laughs) and so we went through all that and she I, i like she was so mad when I was like, go sit out in front of the house. I was like away. I was like a block away and I'm texting her to get out in front of the house and her phone died. So I called my daughter. I said, get her out there now. So they went and got her and dragged her out there. And she's like yelling, what are you guys doing? What are you guys doing? And then this parade of cars came by and honked for her. And actually it was so good. She, she saw a lot of people that she hadn't for a while. And that was, that was worth it. You know, that was good. And at the end of it, I gave her your little birthday serenade, and she was she was like, "Okay, all right, it's all good, you know. You you did all right this time, and she doesn't hate me for it." So, um, oh, that's pretty. That's pretty. It's kind of romantic, dude. Yeah, she doesn't hate me, so you know, we we did it right. Did good this time around. Um, so, so that was it. Uh, and I think it was the last time we talked, but. Um, uh, let's see. You were what were you doing out of the country? I want to ask that. You you texted me back and said you were like somewhere out of the states. Uh, can you inquiring minds want to know? Because it's certainly more exciting than what I've been doing. Well, you know, after months of sitting around and not working, which we'll get into that. You know, my my version of of COVID nineteen in a minute. Uh, I decided to take a gig, and I decided to take a chance, and because. Life has to keep going. We, we know the rules now. We know how to do it carefully. And I, I did exactly that. And uh, I went to, uh, uh, went to Mexico and played, a, and played a, a country show. And it was, it was great. The, the audience was socially distanced. Um, there was plexiglass between the meet and greet, which kind of makes it impersonal, but who cares? It was, at least it was there. And, uh, but we, we made something happened it was a beautiful night of music and it 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 revitalized my very broken damaged soul <laughs> and okay. i was glad i did it yeah and and then i just did another one in in los angeles this weekend and it also they did a great job the promoters who are paying attention and doing this right and i hope the ones that aren't will pay attention because the rest of us need to get back to work and a lot of our venues are closing now. We've had I had five of my favorite venues close, and I hope that, I don't know if they'll reopen. Um, and, and that makes me really sad and upset. But I, I've contacted all of us. If there's anything we can do, you know, even if it's a free show to get you guys back up and running, some will, some won't. And um, man, I tell you, 
I had, as we just talked about, I have probably started over uh, at least three times that I can remember. Um, and, and, and I mean started from scratch. Ground zero, no money, no anything, no opportunity. And um, and that's, uh, you know, I've always had that spirit of that. I, I just, I don't want to be broken. I choose not to be, and I keep going. And I'm a very determined American Indian man. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, this time, I mean, there, there was there was there was always there was always music. There was always that to go to. There was always a gig. There was always um, there was always an answer. And um, after coming out and the last five years, you know, I, I'll start by saying this: I know that I am not alone in this by any means. So let's just start by saying that. But um, I finally have built a trusting team. Nobody's going to steal from me. I wasn't going to come in one day and find my bank account wiped out by a booking agent or, or, a, or a sorry-ass manager. And I, I had great people around me. We worked so hard the last five years to up for this album that was coming, this documentary, this book, <laughs> 145 tour dates. Um, and in a matter of two days, they were gone, everything. Now, they, they're not gone forever, but in my mind, they were gone. And and it, it, it had happened again. And um, I'm never taking the victim role ever in my life, but by God, it was time. And I had myself a little nervous breakdown, man. I, I mean, I went ballistic. I, there was no getting to me. There was no talking to me. And, you know, I was, I just, I just, uh, I went into a, my dad died of some pretty bad depression. Now, I thought that had passed me up. I, I really never, with all the shit that's happened to me, I've never gone there. Um, but I went there with this because it was too much. I didn't have it in me to do another fight. You know, I'm in my late 50s. This was it. This was going to, we're going to sell, sell on smooth waters from here on out. And, and I, I pretty much lost my mind. I really did. And, I went into a, a depression so dark that I, I, I actually, this last two weeks doing press, I've apologized to anyone and everyone who's ever had a, had, had deals with depression because I was of the mindset, um, you know, Hey, you just, you know, there's, there's medicine for that. You know, so, so fix it. And there's, there's no medicine for it. It's, it's, it's the hardest work I've ever done. It, it was so dark and so small and so scary and it lasted four months and it with the help of some great therapists once I made the decision that okay this is not I, I did find myself one afternoon I was like I did see a light at the, in the, at the end of the tunnel it was a little white light and and um, you know I sprinted towards it and, um, and and made some calls and I got my original old lesbian therapist out of out of retirement that was she was my hero during you know 17 years ago and she was more than happy to help and just reminded me of my journey and why I was in this spot she goes she goes she goes and I absolutely would tell you that it's probably you're not going to believe me right now but the best thing that could have happened to you you needed to fall apart because it's been coming for a long time you've always just not you've always just decided not to face it <laughs> so um, the, the wheels came off the bus and thank God with no with no drugs or alcohol or anything like that, it just it was all mental. The one thing that was holding me together 
was being able to compartmentalize uh, things that I didn't want to deal with. <laughs> so I was just closed in a, a very dark place with them for four months. And I did come out of it uh, a better man. I came out of it smarter. I came out of it more patient. I came out of it um, more creative. And I came out of it with a, 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 a bigger sense of self than I've ever known. And I, I guess, I, I hope this is it. I don't really want, I don't really want any more lessons. <laughs> but um, I'm sure I'll write about it. But right now I'm just talking about mental health and it's so important. And my brothers and sisters here in this town and in New York and LA, from actors to singers to songwriters, are hurting. Man, the people are, my neighbor, place for a very prominent artist houses for sale you know uh, they, they had two cars I've noticed there's only one now and Nashville had a wealth of music cares and all these things to help people and that, that's all that even that is completed now and and it's uh, we are the last of Mohicans and we are at the bottom of the totem pole and something's got to give <laughs> people are being as creative as they can be and <coughs> excuse me I am um, I thought that there would be no new music this year. I'd, I'd settled into that, but I was wrong because we got creative and, and, and I needed to help people. And the way I've always done that's through music. So Kristen and I got together and did Orphans of God. And, and I said, you know what? Surprise, surprise. My Christmas record is 20 years old this year. And it's really cool. Let's, let's re-release it with this beautiful song about, about love. And, and there's, there's always somebody there for you. And, um, and I found myself being so creative and, and <laughs> in the middle of a pandemic, all, we also created love and acceptance and did a TV show. And, um, yeah, that, I, I, I saw God. you, you guys actually did it that way, which I, I didn't know anything was going to actually come of that because, you know, everything else got, I mean, let's face it, everything else tanked, you know? So, yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I, I joined that train too until I, you know, thank God I, I was coming out of that dark place about that time, and and you know, I, I have to give Kristen Chenna with a, a big shout out because in in the you know towards the end of that, she, she was she was uh, she was giving me some some good love and advice and, and some tough love. And, and, and you well, said, if, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna put this out there, that was some of the best work I've ever heard you do was with her i mean she you you and her working off of each other was fantastic i was thank you man i um i got to stretch my wings on that I, that's my first time at the at the helm as a producer and as an arranger oh well so I, was, I mean she like i mean you nailed it no question there but with her you the, the, the you you both took it a lot further than I was like, wow, that was really good because you know, and we all see someone of of her I wouldn't say position, right? But her genre, her you know, she's in that niche, yeah. you know what I mean? Um yeah. I mean she's, she's the, the broad, she, yeah, she's the Broadway the, singer, she's the, the wicked and Yeah. Yeah, she's an actor. And so and that, for her and getting to, to come out and deliver the way that she did with you 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 were it was it was really well done and production wise yes that was fabulous as well but um thank you uh thank you man I, 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 no, go ahead what are you saying there 
had a vision for it, and and um, I knew that I, I knew that that was. I mean, that's in my that's in my wheelhouse. It's, it's kind of I grew up singing, you know, contemporary Christian, but I knew I knew it didn't need to sound contemporary Christian. So it's you know it's a it's a it's country pop, and um, but I knew that here's the funny part. I never even asked her what key she wanted to sing it in. <laughs> was, oh, really? On the on the on the day that that we were going to produce her vocals, I called her. I said, um, "It's really a strange time to ask you this." I said, "But it's all this in keys that are okay for you." <laughs> she goes, "Yeah." She said, "She goes. I can tell you wouldn't listen to my listen to a lot of my stuff, didn't you?" I said, "Well, of course, of course I did." She said, "But you got me from one end of my range to the other." I said, "Well, that's on purpose because I wanted that." She doesn't use her lower uh, voice much, and it's so beautiful. And to put her down there, just kind of that that pop female that people haven't really heard from her that way. But on that third modulation, to put her back in Kristen Chenoweth land, where she goes back to her soprano thing, and and when the two kids from Avalon join her right there at that that third modulation. Um, there was no part for me to sing, so I just I just sat I set it out. I was like, I'm not going to sing here. This is this is this is two Avalon kids and Kristen Chenna was taking it on up the ladder. Well, how, how did you how did you get her sitting next to you to agree to do this one? Um, like like not that hey nobody wants to work with Ty Herndon, but the, you know how did you get <laughs> how did you get her into the circus here? Well, um, I know we worked in a theme park called Opryland together years ago, and we, we we briefly met then, and we've known each other over the years. And then Shelly Wright um, is really good friends with her, and Shelly was key to my coming out. I went to New York quite a few times. And we went to see Kristen sing an, an aria one night, and it was just gorgeous. And I went backstage, and I mean, I mean Hugh Jackman was there. I mean, all these uh, all these actors, and mm-hmm. I was just standing there in my little sports coat and. She sees me, and she she leaves her conversation just goes, and, and, and Kristen Chenoweth style screams my name at the top of her lug and goes and just comes running across the room and jumps up in my arms, both legs around my waist, and <laughs> like she had known me as a close friend forever, and and from that moment uh, we exchanged numbers and just started talking. But one night at a show in Oklahoma, my guitar player came over to me not Eric uh, Josh I have two of them okay I said hey man I need a little extra security tonight because I'm dating this girl and she's she's, she's very famous and um, I hate to ask but I said <laughs> my brain went to I said are you just <laughs> I asked him are you dating Brittany <laughs> oh jeez <laughs> I was kidding of course um, she goes no it's actually a friend of yours because I've for for about five months, I've been seeing Kristen Chenoweth, and man, I just I just grinned from ear to ear because I said, Josh Bryant, you are the perfect man for her, just oh, the wow. perfect man. It's been almost two years now, and they they will get married, and, um, but that also brought us closer because it, um, just we just became family, and those things just happen sometimes, and um and she she um. She didn't hesitate. I just said, "Look, you know, she also lost a ton of work. But she, you know, she's a she's a go getter, man. So she just 
she built a studio at her home and just kept working and um, she's in Canada doing three movies right now and uh, she's a workaholic and, and she uh, she loves music first okay I gave her this idea she said okay she goes number one I love the song number two you know I'm adopted she says, so this is this is cool and she goes and number three um, we've been talking about singing together forever and I said this is it and she, and I, we just we just both fell into it as friends and also as very serious musicians and a really cool song that was recorded 17 years ago that Joel Lindsay who is one of my dearest friends who gave me a Grammy nomination with the Journey On song um, I, I was just completely shocked to find out that that I'd never even looked at the writers. Um, <laughs> Joel was the writer on one of the two writers. <laughs> and so I, I called him and said, Joel, Izzy, we're about to, Christian Chewis and I are about to re, redo Orphans of God. And there was this long silence. I said, are you, are you okay with that? <laughs> he said, I heard him. He said, it has been my dream something like this would happen for that song because it was meant for bigger things and not to take anything away from Avalon he goes but they even had me write alternative lyrics because they wanted to cross it over to the pop world I said wait a minute that's the reason I'm calling you because I was going to ask you if you would mind kind of bringing the song into now and changing a few things up because it's already done <laughs> well there you go so so Chris and Chitta was first is pretty much brand new and it's a uh, so it, it now becomes, it wasn't Avalon hit, but also now with the rewrite, becomes our song as well. Sure, and sure. Well, hey, I'd, I'd say uh, I'll exploit the friendship and ask if you can, you know, set me up for a convo with her. I'd, I'd love to talk to her as well. Um, this was... In the new year? Was that? What was that? <laughs> in, the new year, in the new year, absolutely. Oh, okay. Yes. So uh, yeah, we'll pick this up in another four months, right? That's about how uh, that's our timing here. Um, so it it was the kind of song that made me wish I still believed, right? You know, you and I have talked about my kind of shedding faith here, but it was a message of a loving God, and and that I I, I hope you know I hold on to the idea that there is a God like that still out there, and so you know this is a great one to hold on to around Christmas time. Um, it reminds me of, uh, do you, you remember Adina Menzel's version, uh, song at this table? Oh yeah. 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 That's, that's a good comparison. Man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's your version of which it did. Well, Menzel's Jewish, but still that was, you know, that was the message of Christ at this table. Everybody's welcome, you know? Yeah. yeah. You can come here. Yeah. You can disagree, but you can all speak your mind and you are loved here. And this is along that line, you know, this is everybody come in, you know, when when Jesus said, all are welcome at my supper. And that's how I really, I, I still believe that should there be an almighty God out there, that is how said deity feels that, that we are for each other. And I, I can't, yeah. I, I get really bugged when I hear people say, well... I said, well, where, where do you get the idea that God wants you to treat someone this way? Because if you're a Christian, 
uh, Jesus never ever said to treat people this way, you know. Um, and uh, oh yeah, actually yeah. here, quick, I forgot to tell you this. I yeah, good thing I remembered. Um, uh, in uh, the Bible, this one here, when the guy goes to Jesus and says, "My slave is sick. Can you come and help? Right? Can you come and heal him?" Remember that? Yeah. Um, uh, the Greek translation, uh, they, they, they didn't like what the word really said. So they put the word slave in there. He said, right. my beloved is sick. Can you come and heal him? Now that changes the whole thing out there, doesn't it? Well, it does. And, you know, I study Greek mythology because a, a lot of the stuff that's written against LGBT, uh, you know, was it was was from the Greek time, and and, um, and I, I don't argue the Bible with, with, with true believers anymore, because, you know, I knew I wasn't going to change my grandmother's mind about anything, but my grandmother changed her own mind when she said, you know what, uh, you may be a little bit different from me, she said, but you were raised with the same values that I have, and you, and you show them every day. Mm-hmm. She said, and if there's quite as crack in your foundation, she goes, I have to believe that God has a caulking gun. That's <laughs> the caulking gun. Well, as a caulking gun, all have cracks in our foundations. None of us are perfect, but sure. um, but yes, those words and, and and sentences and ideas, you know, they, you were raised with a religion, and it is so hard. It's so hard to to, to deprogram that now. There are things about me in my life that I that I truly believe that that are not up for conversation unless I know that you know what you're talking about and you've studied. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm up for it all day long, but, but don't come you know, don't come at me with some idea that you can't back up. Sure, um, because I don't do that, and I don't I don't want it done to me. But yeah. uh, but but I will go to kids. You know when when they've been kicked out of their churches and and their mother and father. Uh, throw them out of their house at 14 years old, and and don't care if they they live or die until they die, and then they care a lot. Because I go, I, I get to also go count, talk to parents whose kids have killed themselves, and rarely have I seen them not show up. Because it, at the end of the day, they didn't want that. They just thought, well, this will teach that kid a lesson. He'll get, he'll come around, and it doesn't. It's, it's a killer, <laughs> and yeah. and so that's that, that's you know, and when you get a parent that has that has changed their mind about I should have loved my kids, that's the only person that can speak to another parent whose kid is probably going to do that. And I found it to be true. There's pretty much no one else can get through. And I've learned a lot in the last five years of my life, um, mainly when to talk and when to be quiet. And when the opportunity to talk comes around, um, I know that I'm being heard, and I have a huge responsibility to use the right words. And one wrong word sends send, send somebody right back where they were. So it just truly is all about love. And, and, and as far as the song goes, God to me in that song is the people. That's why I'm telling, so I'm telling the fans and, and lovers of music, pass that song along. You know, Gift it to someone. Oh, <laughs> that, say, yeah, so you me. named the album yeah. Yeah, Regifted, yeah. So 
Yeah, um, give that song to someone because because you are being the God in that song, saying that that I am here for you and I love you. Sure. And that's that is what the song represents um, for Kristen and I, and um, and for Eric who also co-produced with me, who you know who's who you know pretty much is. I wouldn't call him an atheist. He he believes in spiritual things, but not the God thing. And he said, "Oh, he goes, I get it." He goes, "He goes, you're talking about the, the people." I said, "Yeah, that's it." I said, "I'm also talking about God, but yes, the people." <laughs> sure, sure. So. Yeah, well, I mean, I've I've come to the same thing in the last year. Yeah. I've come to learn more about songs that I thought meant one thing, and then I thought, well, no, actually, those very words. They mean something. They mean that, but they also mean this too. And, uh, yeah, you, you know. So if I compare the song to, to anything out there, but I, I initially I, I've been like, for me, it's you raise me up. You know, Josh Groban. It's uh, it's, it's a, it's a feel good song. But I'm gonna be you know what? I, oh, dude, I met Josh Groban when he was a nobody, man. <laughs> like I met that kid when he was just. Oh man, no. Okay, story later. No, Josh Groban, that guy. He's a very great guy. Yeah, yeah but <laughs> humble, very humble and great. But I, I said, I said, um, um, you, you raised me up was one of those songs that made me pull the car over because you know it just was like wow. But mm-hmm. what I've been, getting, I've been getting a lot of, of, I probably heard from twenty five heterosexual men. That and, and and you know my my gay buddies of all you know they call me they were in, grew up in the church they're like this message is so needed and they're so crying I was like well I'm glad it, it hit you that way it's it's, it's a voice for them but my heterosexual buddies I mean from the head guy at CAA in Los Angeles I've been hearing from people like that that hey man that's a brilliant idea and he I was moved by that uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like well okay I was like I'm. Now, you've never called me about an ounce of my music, so I'm glad you liked it. So, so and that's the thing. So, I mean, like, first thing, okay, Kristen Chenoweth's great. Uh, who would you not record with? I mean, you like if Megadeth needed a stand-in, would you would you go in with those guys? Um, I mean, yeah, you would. I'm a, okay. I'm a, I'm a, yeah, I, I want to make sure you can sing, you know, but. Um, <laughs> I, I, I still, I'm still waiting on my damn duet with Leanne Rhymes. She's practically my goddaughter, and I've asked her 20 times. She keeps telling me no. <laughs> uh, all right, well, if, hey, if, if Dave Mustaine and those guys in Megadeth, you know, want to, if they hear this, right, hey, give Ty a call, because, you know. Um, <laughs> so, uh, let, so let's let's talk about the Christmas record, aside from, uh, oh, yeah, you know what, the, the, the biggest, like, now remember you, you. You know I do like Clint Black, right? You know that, and and you said you considered an honor to, to, that I threw you in next to him. But I did think it was really funny that Clint Black, being you know the country singer that he is, and he's from North New Jersey. You know, um, I just had to throw that in there because that's so not a country singer's world. You know. So anyway, um, on I I got tired of Christmas records with like Barry Manilow doing Christmas and. You know, all these, like, just bad... Not that Neil Diamond sucks, but, you know, Neil Diamond doing Christmas record, really. Um, so, you mixed... You you really shifted a lot of this around. Uh, the, oh, come all ye faithful, right? 
the African right. children singing and the drums. I mean, where did you come up with these ideas, man? I'm going to be completely honest with you. Every one of those songs except Rudolph was in the Christmas cantata at Walnut Grove Baptist Church growing up with my grandmother. They never changed it. It was the same one every year. And I got to where I just hated those songs. <laughs> I couldn't get them to change it, you know. As a little, a little, I was a little producer. I was wanting to change it. So okay. I, the idea of this was born. I wanted to take all the songs and make me like them again. Oh, is so, that why you did them that way? Okay, all right, yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, and I do like them. You like them now <laughs> because the "Oh Come All Ye Faithful" that was actually very impressive. I was like, okay, that one was really good. Um, and the "Go Tell It on the Mountain" as well. I. Uh, now, th- this one's interesting. So, you know Peter Tosh, the reggae singer? Um, he's the late reggae singer. He died ages ago. But um, his was, go tell it on the mountain, uh, set my people free. Right? It was the uh, it was the spiritual one that the, 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 the slaves would sing. And right. that made me just think of your great-grandparents. And I tip my hat again to them. I really do. Um, oh, my great grandparents! Yes, about. yeah. <laughs> Especially after watching the Harriet Tubman movie and that. Um, yeah. I, let me just explain, everybody. Ty's great grandfather, his great grandparents on which side I don't remember. They on my mom's side. On on his mom's side, they they ran a safe house for the Underground Railroad. And all I I just, I can praise them and, you know, God bless them and all their posterity for time and all eternity for that. I really think so. And when you told me that, I was like, that is so cool. But then hearing that, go tell it on the mountain. I'm so used to hearing that Peter Tosh reggae version of it. But then I heard you and I was like, yeah, man, that was, you know, that just kind of a cross pollination of the song there but it made me think of your grandparents for that now that one that one i stole from the back porch at my grandpa's house okay that's 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 how it was always sung in the family that not, not in the christmas cantata they did it different <laughs> but, but i i like that one because of singing it with my grandpa okay he, uh, yeah yeah um, he he had it is he lost a hand uh you know hunting accident uh, but he still found ways to play the guitar very badly <laughs> that is so my god that's that's more country that is so country music material man jeez <laughs> I'm really like okay like alright alright now just just a joke about Clint Black okay because I, I like the guy so I can make fun of him all I want okay you've seen his videos right where he's at the barber shop he's at the grocery store and he happens to just be carrying his guitar with him and then he, somebody tells him what's going on and he busts out and sings a song about that right there and then right that's clint black that's his <laughs> shtick that's how he marketed himself in his videos okay um yep. and if, if i ever met the guy i would give him the same i'd i'd, I'd make fun of him the same way but that was kind of funny that it, like he can he he writes that there into his videos, but you you're telling me your life, and I'm like that's another damn country song, man. I don't think Ty's ever going to run out of material. Um, nope. <laughs> so uh, by the time I got to uh, 
Oh, come Emmanuel. I was like, you're not trying to sound really country on this one. That one sounded really folk. Um, yeah. Yes, and I had I had the the incredible Waylon Payne, uh, son of Sammy Smith, by the way, Grand Ole Opry star. Um, her fam- big famous song was Willie Nelson penned song, Help Me Make It Through the Night. Um, and, um, and actually, not a lot of people know this, but Waylon and I were, were boyfriends. We dated for a couple of years. Oh, did and, not know that. Okay. Yeah, we recorded that during the time we were dating. So, it's, uh, he actually came up with that arrangement to that. I, I, you know, I didn't want it like we did it at the Calvary Baptist Church. <laughs> okay, so yeah, because it sounded more folk-like, and it, it was yeah. very good. I, I really did enjoy that one. Um, again, I'm I just my my prejudice based on titles. Um, I skipped Rudolph and Silent Night, not to offend you in any way. You just, you know, the little, again, Little Drummer, but I couldn't do anyway. But I, I skipped those. But here's the thing: like, it was barely not even Halloween. When I when I got this album, uh, right. or was it right after Halloween? Anyway, I got the I got the record at the same week that I I got the 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 winter album by Mary Fall from October Project. Now you want to hear some kick ass amazing music, female vocals? Go get that one. Uh, it's oh, um, I will for sure. Oh, do you, well, do you know Mary Fall? Do you know her music? I, um, I know of her. I don't, yeah, I don't know. No. Yeah, no, she's great. She just she did this one called "Winter Songs and Carols," and so I got both of these records that week, and was listening to them. and And she was funny too because I I just interviewed her and we put this one up. I you know I I put her her episode up last week, um, this week anyway, whatever, and. What I loved just the most about that was she she didn't make a Christmas record. It was holiday. It was winter themed songs, you know. But she did oh, Silent yeah. Night too. She did Silent Night and that. But um, I'm like going, why is my daughter in the room next to me blasting? It's the most wonderful time of the year. And now it's this Jingle Bell Rock, and I'm like, oh no, you know, like if if winter isn't depressing enough. It's when this stuff comes around that I just can't, you know, it's just so hard to... Uh... Well, I'll tell you, the one song Kenna said that she wasn't going to listen to, I think was, uh, well, she didn't say she wasn't going to listen to it. She just, she said, there's just no way to differently do Silent Night, you know, and she said, and she goes, and then you throw all these little things in on it. And I said, yeah, yeah, the little, the little, uh, the little runoffs, I said, the dirt roads. <laughs> Okay. He said they were unexpected. He said they were unexpected. I said, "Oh, we're good." Okay. Changed. Well, I mean, we could all go with a Tom Waits Christmas record, which I don't know if anybody would take something like this. I would love it, but you know, it wouldn't. Uh, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't win any Grammys, that's for sure. But it would certainly be everybody's favorite after this point. You know. It, he, he could probably do Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer, and it wouldn't be annoying because it would be Tom Waits, and he would have that weird twist on it, you know. Um, but uh, so I don't know who that is. You don't know who Tom Waits is? I don't think so. You just threw me a curve with that one. Oh man, I'm gonna send you a list. You got to do Tom Waits and Mary Fall. Tom Waits, um, he 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 looks like the guy who did. 
five years in the uh, Indiana State pen and enjoyed it. He's just a really <laughs> tough, grizzly guy who plays music that you can't even... I can't even describe Tom Waits because nobody does music like this guy. So um, he could do a Christmas record of all these Christmas songs that I don't like, and it would be amazing because it's just that weird, you know. Um, so... But yes, I, I did like your acapella, Oh Come All You Faithful. Um, it was brief, but it was also still really, really well done. And I, I appreciated that just because you get used to hearing Oh Come All You Faithful all the time. And, you know, the ones you hear at church around Christmas, because uh, you need a whole chorus to do those. Anyway, you need a whole choir for something like that. So, um, but that one was very well done, your acapella version. And, uh, That's a, you're version of the album that was that's what opened the whole album oh that, that one was, was. That was oh, okay. oh getting in the, in the song order yeah. okay so you put yeah, orphans that, of that god in and kick that one to the back all right yep i did <laughs> so um worked it worked it. i didn't hear it what was that i said it worked either way so it, it worked either <laughs> way well so real quick what's eric doing how's how's your guitar player with the the irreverent sense of humor what's he up to well, he is. He just bought a new house. He's uh, divorced, and he's uh, uh, just doing good. Man, he's just, we we uh, are going to see each other this week because we've got a lot of. We have a, a, a really cool Patreon page. Everybody, if you guys want to check it out, um, we we this week we I found 125 uh, a, a reel of 125 demos that I've done. I didn't write any of them. I used to be a demo singer in this town. And but they always gave me a copy of the songs, so uh, we're posting you know one a one a week for the next year on the Patreon page. So it's just and some of the songs went on to be be, be hits and some didn't. Some of, some great songs were never cut. So it, it'll be fun for the fans to kind of hear those old, those old demos. So we do cool shit like that on um, on Patreon. It's pretty fun. Okay. So how how's the rest of Nashville looking right now? Uh, I, I mean, I don't know if the world is all eyes on Nashville. It's all eyes on Pennsylvania right now. But uh, while we're yeah. waiting for the count to finish, but um, how is uh, how is Nashville? Is is it really? Are, are they suffering really that bad? Or yeah, we are. Yeah, there's there's you know, it's, it's a ghost town. Uh, the booking, you know, we, our large booking agencies have laid thousands off uh, because there's no shows to be booked and. Uh, you know the, the the studios are quiet. Uh, people are the publishing houses. People are somewhat writing, but not really into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, the lull is going to show. You know, it's, it's probably going to be um, all hundred hundred and twenty of my shows rescheduled for next year. We'll see how many of those venues last. We'll see how many of them actually follow through with the shows, um, and then you know it's probably going to be two thousand. Uh, 22 before we're anywhere near back to a functioning town. So, well, I mean, let, let's face it. You got guys like me who live for <clears throat> concerts. That's my life, and I, I would. There's so many of us that are just saying, I, I don't care what it is. When I can get out and go to a show, I'll go to it. You know, it could be a tone deaf yeah. goat dragging a bucket of elephant turd that'll squeal. I'll go and see it, man. It's live. You know. Yeah. I mean, that's the, well. Like, everyone we, I've done, it's been sold out because people won't want it. You know, but the, the promoters are so afraid. You know, they just it just uh, we're trying to teach them to how 
have to, you know, Live Nation needs to get their shit together and, and, and come up with an awesome mask that's comfortable that people can wear. You know, I, I, I hope that they are doing something like that to, you know, cause we, we need our huge artists out there working as, as much as us little artists need to be working. Mm. You know, it's just, it, it, it's, it feeds the heart of America. Live shows and touring, it's a, it's a getaway for people. And it's a responsibility to us. And just to have that gone right now, it's just so, every little show that I get to do, I'm like, you can hear a pin drop. Every little joke I make, they die laughing. Every and just everything is just um, turned up. <laughs> well, I I had a friend who uh, locally he's put on a couple of shows and they they got to go in and do just that right. Uh, touchless ordering of drinks, um, you know we and everyone's socially distanced. You got to wear masks. The whole works right. Temperature checked as you walk in. <laughs> And we were doing that. Now the health department, our governor kind of botched everything up, so we had to shut everything down anyway. But that was going. Like, my daughter did a, a performance of Beauty and the Beast, uh, her ballet. And they rented a venue. They, they rented uh, the, the Maverick Center, right, which would hold 15,000 people so that we could socially distance everybody to come and see the show, you know. And... There, there they were. We were up in the nosebleeds on the risers, and they, you know, it, mind you, this is a venue I've been in the pit photographing. I don't think I've been anywhere but there for any show, right? I've always been up front, and I'm like, wow, is that what it looks like from up here? You know, like I could, I could sort of see my daughter down there dancing. You know, I was like, this is, you know, but this, that was cool that we got to go and and, and get out and see something like that, which we really haven't in forever um i i hope that we can kind of lock this down and that if everyone just behaves we can get this thing you know curb it again and and so that uh, uh i'm gonna speak poorly my own town nashville you need to get their shit together people in california need to get their shit together people in texas you need to get their shit together and people in the south come on you know it, it, it's, it's not just a certain group of people <laughs> All we, right. We have to play by the, get rid of this thing. You know, it just we have to. And I, I just left LA, and they were closing the restaurants for uh, ten days. Every restaurant because the, the, their numbers are so high out there. And um, you know, I, I'm not going around any of my friends. I'm getting a test, getting get a test tomorrow morning, um, just to make sure. You know, that's 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 the kind of responsibility you have to do. Sure. You have to do that. I'm not getting my own partner. I'm, I won't see him until. We'll see him until Saturday. So, you know, it's just, I took a chance to go play a show. I was very careful. It's a chance I was willing to take, uh, and I was responsible with my behavior while I did it. Um, and I, I can't and I wait to see you thing. back playing in front of everybody. We're all cheering, and and you're doing what you do, and, and complaining about your monitors not working, and, you know, back back the way it should be, you know, back when I could see you guys live, and, and there was everybody there having a great time, and we weren't afraid, you know. Yeah. Um, those are the yeah. days I'm looking forward to, so that's what I'm waiting for. Um, well, they're coming back, because they have to come back. It, it, it's, it's, not, it's not a matter of when, it's, it's, it's just a matter of... Of, of how? It, it's up... It's up to us, just like, you know, making changes in this country. It's up to us. And um, and I've learned that really a lot during this time, that that, that what I have to say matters. 
But I just want to make sure what I say is ed- is, is very educated, <laughs> and well. I don't want just work because I feel them. I want to know that that you know if if, if I have an opinion that it's a really really well educated sought out opinion. So, and even those can change, and that's what I. <laughs> my mother taught me that she goes. You can have an opinion and have a conviction about something. She goes, but one little thing will happen, and that opinion will change. You know, so you should always not be. You should always be a little bit on the fence. So you're, you're <laughs> saying that, that somewhere in the future I might like Chris Ledoux. Is that what you're saying? Some little something. You never <laughs> know. Like it might, be, it might be a song at your daughter's wedding, and then you're like, going, oh, oh damn it. no, I don't know about that, man. But uh, but you, <laughs> no, as, as long as I've known you, I've I've had. That dive, but he's always been the butt of the jokes there. So, um, so let's see. Uh, we've covered the new Christmas record. We did. Um, you did what matters most with your new pronouns. That was the big one when I when we first talked to Love Loud. What going on two years ago? Yeah. Um, right. You did that, and then you did the uh, as I call it the Wizard of Oz video, um, which was awesome. That was. Um, so good, right? Is that what it was called? So good, or uh, so small? So yeah. small, like. <laughs> and uh, that one, everybody should go watch. Just, just go look up "So Small" by Ty Herndon because that that video will it'll make you melt. And uh, <laughs> but that was one when I when I said if if you weren't uh, you know if, if 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 you weren't touched by that you know I said if you weren't totally whipped by those kids you're full of shit and you said oh no I was man those kids were the greatest that was such a powerful video so um but uh so I'm gonna wait, what song do you want me to play us out with here when we get uh when yeah when this goes live what, what song do you want me to play us out with Orphans oh no I'm gonna open it with Orphans I'm opening with that what, <laughs> what do you want me to close with well we, we just talked about so small so play that Okay, I can do that. So um, stay on the line here for a moment, Ty. All right, everybody. That was it with Ty Herndon with a sinus infection in the ghost town of Nashville, (laughs) Tennessee. And uh, he he would say, say it, wear your masks and whatever. Let's hear it, Ty, and then we'll close up. What now? Yeah, no, you say, (laughs) say, wear your mask. What what would you say? What would your final uh, word of advice to the listeners be? Uh, wear your masks, was, wash your hands, and what? Wash your hands, wear your mask, wash your hands, wear your mask, follow the rules, the suggested rules, and please check on your elderly folks that live around you. Please check on them. That's my thing. Okay. Words from Ty Herndon. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Take care. Be good to each other. and Let music do awesome in your lives. If you ain't got love The kind you just want to give away Go ahead and open up Go ahead and let the light shine through I know it's hard on a rainy day You want to shut the world out And just be left alone But don't run out on your faith Sometimes that Just a grain of sand And what you've been out 
problem that seems so big at the time It's like a river that's so wide It swallows you whole While you're sitting around worrying about what you can't change And worrying about all the wrong things Time's flying by, moving so fast You better make it count cause you can't take it back Sometimes that mountain you've been climbing Is just a grain of sand everybody that was the Christmas episode and it was actually pretty good um, gonna play us out with so small by Ty Herndon and Ty thank you for being on the show everybody else have a wonderful holiday and we will be putting up another episode right before the year changes so we'll see you then everyone